The following is a message by Dr. Michael Horton of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, please visit us online at www.wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. That's online at www.wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. Our psalm this morning comes from the 87th psalm, beginning at verse 1. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples, This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. Thus far the reading of God's word. This psalm uh, belongs to the third book, of the book of Psalms, which is the briefest and in many ways darkest book of the Psalter, attributed to Asaph. Only occasionally do we get glimpses of a cheerful, joyful future, and they're always based not on Israel's faithfulness, but on the faithfulness of the covenant Lord who will keep his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The book opens in the 73rd Psalm with Asaph recounting how his feet had almost slipped when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. Psalm 74 begins, O God, why do you cast us off forever? Uh, Later Psalms ask, how long, O Lord? And so it's a plaintive section of the Psalter and uh, we catch some of the best rays of hope in this particular Psalm. Asaph longs for the courts of the Lord in Psalm 84, extolling God's covenant love in Psalms 84 through 86. There's no one like Israel's God, faithful in all of his ways in contrast to the sin of his people. And there are echoes of the prophets, especially Ezekiel uh, in this part of the Psalter. Like Ezekiel, those Psalms underscore the parallel between the Garden of Eden and the Garden of the Lord in Zion. Uh, This psalm opens with the mountain of the Lord. It moves to the analogy of a mother of the faithful and concludes with the fountain of God giving living water for the saints. First of all, the, uh, the mountain of the Lord. He speaks of the foundations being built by none other than God himself. The writer of the Hebrews reminds us that Abraham was seeking a city with foundations whose builder and architect is none other than God himself. Ezekiel was longing for the day when there would be the true Zion made without hands, the true temple, the true mountain of the Lord. And here already uh, it is anticipated. You know, it's easier perhaps to lose our eschatological orientation on the coming kingdom of God in times of prosperity. 
It is in times of despair that the saints have always looked beyond themselves and looked beyond the ruins uh, to faith in God's promises of a future that he holds in his hands for and together with his people. Zion is always regarded uh, as the highest mountain in the world. That's how the rabbis often describe it. Uh, John Levinson points this out in his book, Sinai and Zion, that, that uh, uh, it, even though if you've ever visited it, you wouldn't think so, uh, it was uh, the highest mountain in the world because it was the axis mundi. It was the place where heaven and earth met. And so it was exceedingly beautiful in elevation, as the psalmist says. The Garden of Eden and God's holy mountain are correlated in Ezekiel 28, verses 11 through 19, along with allusions to Adam in the garden. And you even have the fall of Tyre compared to the fall of proud Lucifer. And so it's interesting that these cities come back in this psalm only to be redeemed. And I'll mention that uh, in just a moment. Mount Zion is also Mount Moriah, identified with the site of various tests, Abraham binding Isaac and receiving his son back, foreshadowing, of course, Christ's resurrection. Uh, the encounter with an angel, Abraham's encounter with an angel, took place on Mount Moriah. And David's permission to see the angel of the Lord took place here. All of this authorizing the building of God's sanctuary on this holy mountain. And of course, Christians uh, will also recall the significance of this place in the events of Jesus' life, especially coming up to the events leading to his death uh, and his, his uh, sentencing uh, to death outside the camp. It's also uh, reference to the gates. Gates are important here, not just because they are the entrance and exit point uh, to paradise, but also because they are the place of judgment. Uh, it was uh, sitting in the gates where the judges received and heard their, their cases and pronounced their verdicts. And so it's a place of judgment and authority. As Psalm 122 recounts, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem, for thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And that's why the praise goes up, glorious things of thee are spoken, O city of God. It is not only the mountain of the Lord, it's also the mother of the faithful. Uh, there is a record of names, in fact, that's the last reference in this psalm, a record of names, probably referring to the book of the living, as it was called, or the book of life. And so now the focus shifts from the present Zion to the future Zion. And in this future Zion, we catch glimpses of very strange proceedings. Here, dwelling on the mountain of the Lord, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, are Rahab, in other words, Egypt, Leviathan, and Babylon. Could we mention any worst examples? <laughs> could, we, could we find any greater enemies of Israel 
Doesn't this sting a little bit in the light of Israel's being haunted by the kingdoms of the world in such recent memory? Philistia, Tyre, Cush, these were all enemies of Israel. And yet, in that day, it will be said, this person was born here. What does that mean? This person was born here. It can't refer, of course, to a, 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 a literal prophecy of these people being born in the city of Zion, in the city of Jerusalem. It refers to the heavenly Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, where men and women are called from every tribe and kindred and tongue and people and nation to be enrolled in the city and to enjoy its riches. There are Gentile offspring, Gentile citizens in this heavenly Zion. The mountain spreads, the gates widen, the nations stream in. Right in the middle of the covenant curses against these very nations in the prophets, you, you already have a prophecy of their being included. For instance, in Isaiah 19, in that day I'll build, build a highway. Uh, between, uh, between Egypt and Assyria, again, could you mention uh, more provocative names? And then a highway from them to Jerusalem, and uh, it will be a highway that people will travel for the festivals, celebrating my great accomplishments, my great deeds, and there they will come to worship me. Similarly, Jesus had heard that John was put in prison. And at that part in his ministry, we read in Matthew 4, when Jesus heard that John had been imprisoned, he departed to Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then finally, it's the fountain of the new creation. It is the mountain of the Lord, it is the mother of the faithful, and it's the fountain of of the new creation. Look at verse 7. Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs, all my springs are in you. In the exile, the Israelites wept by the rivers of Babylon, remembering Zion and her destruction. We read in Psalm 46, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And these psalms echo as we read Hebrews chapter 12 about the city with foundations, that city that Abraham was looking forward to, that city that is unshakable. Even the earthly Zion was shakable, conditioned as it was on the faithfulness of the people. But the heavenly Zion is unshakable. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken and has been shaken 
says the writer to the Hebrews. And the only kingdom that is left standing is the city of our God. While the people had forsaken these streams of living water to, as God says through Jeremiah, uh, hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water, God gives the river of life. And uh, Jesus offers himself to the Samaritan woman with just that very metaphor as the water of life, the fountain of living water. Let me conclude with familiar passage from Revelation 21. As this heavenly Zion reaches its consummation in the city of God where there is no distinction anymore between the horizontal and the vertical. There is no distinction between heaven and earth. The angel shows John the bride, the lamb's wife, spiriting him away to a great and high mountain and showed him the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God with 12 gates. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God illumined it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, there is no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So in these passages of Revelation, the key elements of the psalm are present. Mount Zion with its glorious foundations and gates of judgment, the light that draws the nations into it, the book of life, and the river of life. And yet it's all transformed in the heavenly Jerusalem, where Mount Zion is the bride of Christ. The temple is Christ himself with his bride, and the lamb is its light, ever welcoming strangers into the city that never sleeps. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in the midst of all the cities of this world that dazzle us with their glamour and glitz, you have raised us and seated us with Christ in heavenly places in that city where there is no sunset, that city that is full only of righteousness and truth and streams of living water that refresh day by day. Help us, Father, now to live in the hope of that wonderful consummation which even now is breaking in on us and transforming our lives by the power of your spirit. Help us to live even now as citizens of that heavenly city of which you are the architect and builder. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2009, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.